Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Community Church. It's good to be here with you on this fifth Sunday of Lent. It's also the first Sunday of spring that we've been able to be together, and we experienced a lot of spring already this, this past week. Hopefully you didn't have to bring the ark in this morning. It could have been potential for that with so much rain in such a little time. Uh, but we are here this morning to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what brings us together. And may you open yourselves to what the Lord may have for you today as you are just bringing yourself completely to the Lord on this Sunday. As far as looking in your bulletins for all the announcements that are available to you, just a reminder for tonight that there is a family night uh, with pizza and games. Hopefully you'll be able to... Uh, join us for, for that uh, this evening. Also keep in mind that the blood drive is coming up just a week from tomorrow, I believe. Uh, and so please uh, go ahead and sign up for that. Uh, it is definitely something that is uh, a way for us to give to our community uh, and giving life to them. Uh, also, just keep in mind also the uh, VBS offering and the Jackson Area Ministries. These are special ways to uh, for us to give uh, to our community other than our regular offerings. Uh, so be mindful of those. And Easter week will be here before we know it, so uh, make sure you know what's all available to you uh, and, and throughout the announcements. With that, please rise for the call to worship. Our lives feel all disjointed as though they were a valley of dry bones. Spirit of God, bring connection and continuity to our lives. The Spirit of God breathes hope into each one of us. Spirit of God, encourage us to be people of faith. Open our hearts, Lord, and bring us to your light. Spirit of God, open our lives to you and break us free. Our opening hymn is Holy Spirit, Truth Divine, number 465 in your hymnal.
You may be seated and we'll join together in unison our opening prayer. Healing and empowering God, we are sometimes so sure that things will not work out. We doubt even your ability to put things right in our lives. We lack such faith. But Jesus came to show us that our most dreaded enemy, death, can be overcome by faith. Heal our doubts and our longings for assurance and give us spirits of trust and hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Our Old Testament lesson today is taken from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. And our prayer hymn for this Sunday is Breathe on Me, Breath of God, number 420 in your hymnal.
morning we are talking about giving up lives. And as we were just listening to that song or singing that song, we were talking, uh, singing about coming to life through the Spirit. It is the Spirit that gives us life. And as also said in that song that we are given this new life, this Spirit, in order to love as God has loved. So in our time of prayer, I think that's something that we need to be uh, praying about. Praying about that Spirit working in our lives. Being able to, to stir us up in order to direct us towards where the Lord may be leading us. Of course, there's always those things that happen in our lives that we need to be praying for as well. Take a moment as we center ourselves in this time of prayer. Loving God, we come to you this morning as this body of Christ here at Faith Community in Xenia, Ohio. Lord, we ask that you would be in our midst, that you would be working in each and every one of us. Lord, we do need awakened, maybe even shaken a little, Shaken to the point of understanding that our lives are one that is yours. Yours to be led. Yours to be nurtured. Yours to bring us closer to you, to understand who we are in you. Until we understand who we are in you, O oh God, we are only just living for ourselves. Lord, we ask that you would nurture us, that you would truly draw us close to you, so that we would want to be more available to others. Lord, we ask that you would be with those that are within our congregation who are ailing, who are suffering from uh, different kinds of illnesses or disease, that you would give them strength to battle whatever it is that is going against them. That you would give them strength and hope of a better day. And we ask that you would be with us in, in our ministries. That you would open us to what it is around us that is of importance to you. And we just ask that you would nurture us with your love that we can truly love those around us. Let us now share with one voice the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
There are many things that we do here at Faith Community, many ways that we are supporting our community and our own congregation and our friends that are uh, within our congregations. And these things are only possible as we respond to the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. It is in our giving of our tithes and offerings that allow us to continue to be the church. Ushers, would you please wait upon us? dedication prayer. From your hands, O God, come the blessings that make life possible, even the very gift of life itself. In gratitude and thanks, receive from our hands this portion of our labors. By your Spirit leading, may we use these gifts to bless the life of others with the assurance of love, the promise of hope, and the course of justice. This we do to your glory. Amen. Please remain standing for the gospel lesson. Our gospel lesson today is from the book of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. The death of Lazarus. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha 
and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews, were, were, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then Jesus said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he open the eyes of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man. By this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, 
but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated for the ministry of music.
several years ago, Suzanne and I attended her cousin Hannah's baby's funeral, who died from SIDS at two months old. Hannah was surrounded by her family and friends, and there were a lot of tears and a bunch of hugs that were exchanged. There really weren't many words being shared. You know, there's, there's just not much that can be said that is consoling in a situation like this. Often words that we do share in times like these can be hurtful even when our intentions are good. We feel obligated to, to say something, but when just being present with someone is all they need. I don't know what all was said to Hannah that day, but one thing that was shared with me from one of the family members was that God must have needed baby Maria more than we did. Somehow these words were consoling to the one who shared it. But they are not words that would console me if I was grieving the death of one of my children. God doesn't need anyone, especially a three-month-old baby that was a gift to a mother and a father and a brother and sisters and aunts, and uncles, and cousins, and grandparents. Hear me when I say God gives life. It is the brokenness of this world that well, takes it away. Our physical birth brings us into a world that is filled with war, and disease, and poverty, and oppression, abuse, addiction, toxins of all kinds, and ultimately a world where life ends in death. All of what I just mentioned exists because of human action or inaction. If it wasn't for God's overly abundant, overflowing love from within the Trinity itself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then there would not be creation in all of its glory that we experience. There would not be life. God's glory is always shown in life, never in death. And as described by Ezekiel in this passage we read of his vision of dry bones, God brought about life out of nothingness, hopelessness, and death. Life that is grounded in this broken world is a dead end. However, life in Jesus has no end. This is why Jesus encouraged his disciples teaching this. He says, anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Friends, the lives we are born into, we must give them up. If we don't want our lives to be defined by death, which is eternal separation from God. Now, already during this Lenten series, we have given up the control of defining what is good and evil by, by turning it over to God's perfect will. We have given up the expectation that life of faith is an upward trajectory of prosperity and means that God will clearly outline for us. And we have given up our enemies who distort our vision from seeing all people as children of God worthy of as difficult as it is to give up all of these things, 
Today we are being asked to give up our lives. How do we give up the life the world has taught us to live the life Jesus calls us into? Is the question today. The simple answer is we follow Jesus. So where is Jesus leading us today? So we look at the story of Lazarus' sickness, death, and rising from the dead. And through Jesus' interaction with his disciples, including Martha and Mary, I see some ways to live a life given over to Jesus. I think it's important first to say that for us to understand that his baptism, Jesus gave up his life that he was born into on earth by entrusting his life completely to his Father in heaven who empowered him by the Holy Spirit to live life without end. And through our baptisms, we are also empowered by the Holy Spirit to give up our life to God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son. We have been given what we need to follow Jesus' example. So what can we learn from him? <coughs> the story began with Jesus received word from his friends Martha and Mary that Lazarus was sick. At that time, Jesus was sharing the good news to the people in the area where John the Baptist was preaching near the Jordan River. Jesus, being more than a day's walk away from his friend's home, responded simply saying, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now keep in mind, God's glory is shown through life, not death. I trust that before Jesus responded, that he was given this word, from, word of knowledge about Lazarus' outcome through the Spirit, and was assured that the work that he was already doing there by the Jordan at that moment was the Father's priority. John described it. He said, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. That sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? When we think about this from a worldly perspective, it doesn't make sense to us why Jesus wouldn't go immediately to care for the one that he loved. But Jesus, being focused on his Father's will, accepted that the Spirit would let him know when he should go to be with his friends, allowing his Father to bring glory to his work in God's timing. He followed the Father's will, not his own, not Martha's, not Mary's, nor anyone else's. As a result of those two extra days that we are told about, it provided more opportunity for those that he was sharing the good news with to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So when we give up our lives, we accept God's timing for the Lord's will in our lives. Now, I can remember when I decided to take my call to be a pastor seriously, and that was in the early spring of 2005. My wife Suzanne and I planned to move from our home that was in Circleville, Ohio, to Ashland in time for me to start seminary full-time in that fall. 
The plan was for me to get my Master of Divinity and the, and the minimum amount of time of three years so that I could be ordained within five years. I was going to follow my call. Well, that didn't happen. It took me seven years to finish seminary, and it was 13 years before I was ordained. Our timing wasn't in line with God's. Our plan was delayed right away. Our house didn't sell before the fall came along, so we stayed in Circleville for a year before being able to move to Ashland. That next year, our house sold very quickly, as is without any kind of inspection to a cash buyer. This time, the time was right. But it was in that one year, delay of moving, that Suzanne and I both witnessed the impact of God's timing over ours. During that one extra year in Circleville, and also the many years that, that we were in Ashland while I was going to seminary, there were so many ways both of us were used by God to breathe life into those around us and for God's glory to shine. However, even with this experience, I won't speak for my wife, but I still need to be reminded and remind myself that my timing is not the one that rules my life. Whose timing rules your life? Now, when Jesus knew it was time to go to Lazarus, his disciples tried their best to get him to go anywhere but to Lazarus in Bethany, which was so close to Jerusalem. It didn't make sense to them and it would be, it, that it would be a good time for Jesus to go anywhere near Jerusalem, where not so long ago they had been threatened of being stoned. They were only thinking of themselves and, and Jesus' safety while Jesus was following his Father's will and timing. Jesus wanting his disciples to understand this, that he needed to go even if the disciples' uh, concerns were valid. He revealed the Father's will to them saying this. He said, Lazarus is dead and for your sake I am glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. God's timing is always directly related to divine will. Remember, Jesus waited, which upset Martha and Mary. And Jesus' disciples traveling with him were unhappy that Jesus was taking them to Jerusalem. God's will and timing won't always resonate well with us. That's something we need to understand. Regardless of how we perceive it, if the Spirit reveals the Lord's will to us, we must understand that it is for the purpose of bringing about belief, which leads to new life in Christ. This is the focus of God's work. When we give up our lives, we trust the Lord's will leads to belief in Christ. Now, this can be belief that renews or strengthens our own faith or belief that is newly confessed as a result of the Lord's work in someone's life around us. So when we find ourselves delayed or, or afraid to move forward with the prompting of the Spirit, we should keep listening for the Holy Spirit to guide us, but also to encourage us and give us courage to trust the Lord's leading 
The work of the Lord never stops. And we as individuals and as the church just may be a key piece to the puzzle. So who might believe in Christ? If we believe wholeheartedly that God is at work in and through us, wherever we are at any given time. So Jesus led his disciples to Bethany. But before they made it into the village, Martha was already there confronting him. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again, Martha answered. I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. Have you ever had a discussion like this with God? One where you, like, like Martha, believed in God's authority and power, but didn't understand why the Almighty didn't exercise that right in a way that made sense to you? Suzanne's cousin Hannah, after several years, is still having this discussion regarding her three-month-old daughter. Friends, the Lord hears us and feels our pain. Jesus told his disciples it was good that he wasn't in Bethany when Lazarus was sick because his humanity would have implored him to heal Lazarus, which would have preempted God's glory from being shown and calling Lazarus to come out of the tomb. As difficult as it was for Jesus to witness the pain that death caused to those who remained, including himself, he knew, he trusted that his Father would breathe life into those who believe in God's goodness. Now Paul wrote to the Romans putting it this way. He said, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. The goodness for the family and friends of Lazarus was that he was returned to them to live a while longer. But the larger witness of God's glory was in those who believed in the hope of Jesus Christ that day. For Hannah and her family, well, they didn't get their loved one restored to them. But I can say we did see broken relationships within the family being restored through this tragedy. We witnessed family whose faith was faltering, reaching out to Jesus for comfort and courage to walk through this valley of death to live in their faith. Again, God's glory is shown in life, not death. Jesus asked Martha then and us now, do we believe Jesus is the resurrection and the life? When we give up our lives, we believe Jesus gives us new life now that is everlasting, not just in the resurrection at the end of days. Believing in Jesus Christ, well, it is entrusting our life completely to him. It is a process of growing into his likeness. By giving up our lives to him, our lives become redefined. And what I mean is that they are no longer defined by death and decay, 
but by the everlasting life of the risen Lord. Friends, the world is filled with darkness, hopelessness, and death. This is the separation from God. Now, it is tempting to live our life from this perspective. However, Jesus calls for us to give up life defined by death in exchange for life in Christ, where God's glory is revealed in everlasting life. So we must give up our life to Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, by accepting God's timing throughout our days, trusting that the Lord's will leads to strengthen faith for ourselves and a confessing faith for others, and living now a new life that is growing in Christ-likeness. So may our lives bring glory to God as we work within the Lord's will to bring light, peace, joy, hope, and goodness to our community. Amen. Please rise for our closing hymn, Alas, and Did My Savior Bleed.
Now as we go, we give up our life. We give our life to Christ, the one who gives us life everlasting. It's with that hope and that vision that we're able to walk out and love those around us. Go in peace in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um.